This is another episode of the Rewind Podcast. If you're not familiar with the podcast, man, we everywhere. We on every platform you get your podcast. You can watch the video on YouTube. Appreciate everybody checking out the last couple episodes. Last week, I had my brother DJ Killer Kev. We reviewed Tiage Trap Music. Definitely check Check out that episode. We did Biggie Smalls with my boy Kale Vicious. Very first episode, Dr. Dre the Chronic with my boy Big Hunt and my brother Main. So definitely check out those episodes. But uh, had to give my brother Mike Wilson Cincinnati Zone, 513 Zone for this whole. The yes, first sir. reasonable doubt. Mike, what's good? What's going on, brother? How you been? I'm good, man. Trying to Trying to stay safe out here in these streets. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Same here in Houston. He's wrong. Same here. Yes, give sir. People's a little bit background about yourself, man. Uh, originally from the greatest city on the planet, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, <laughs> uh, currently living in well, a suburb of Houston called Pearland, Texas, uh, where it's real hot, always hot, stay hot. Uh, but that's about it, man. Been knowing you for a while. You know, For we a minute, back. minute, we go back way back, way back, man. Shoot, man, let's just jump into it, man. Jay Z, Reasonable Doubt, June 25th, 1996. Mike, where were you at in 1996? Oh, uh, actually, 96. I was when this dropped, I was getting ready to transition to the great Wright State University. Um, nice. that was uh. That was the summer of my senior year of high school. Graduating, about to come to Wright State. Um, just at home, working, getting my mind prepared for the shenanigans that was going to take place <laughs> at Wright State. Um, yeah. So that's where I was. Um, I actually discovered reasonable doubt, like, on mistake, kind of. Well, let me, let me not say mistake. God put it there for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... I actually discovered Reasonable Doubt through the song Dead President, which was, I believe, the first single uh, that mm-hmm. was dropped earlier that year, that uh, earlier that spring. And how I came to know about it, weird story, I had a, a partner of mine who was working out over at another high school in Cincinnati called Withrow High School. He hit me up earlier that day and was like, hey, meet me over at Withrow. I'm like, all right, cool. So I got to catch two buses to meet him, <laughs> get over there. He's nowhere to be found. So I'm like, oh, man. So I waited for him for a while. So I'm like, the hell with it. I'm going home. As I start walking down like these steps, I see a black tape with no writing, no nothing on it. And so I pick it up, put it in my pocket. I'm like, all right, I'll listen to it when I get home. I didn't have a, a, a Walkman. I had a... a a CD, a portable CD player. So I was like, eh, nobody really fooling with tapes like that. You know, everybody's making <laughs> their transition to, to CDs. So I get home. I still didn't play it. So I finally put it in a couple days later. And it was a guy on there talking and said something about Chino XL. And I was like, <laughs> Chino XL? So I took it out. <laughs> I took it out. And so... And the only reason I know who Chino XL was because I would always see the uh, the ad in the source. Yeah. And so I'm like, this dude look whack. So I'm like, I ain't listening to that. And plus, at the time, I was really listening to West Coast music a lot. 
Yeah. So I really wasn't fooling with East Coast because I loved West Coast, like how the beat was. And so even though they really wasn't talking about a whole bunch of shit, you know, they really <laughs> had me thinking. But I love the beat. So anyway, I'm like, man, listen to no damn Chino XL. So I had never listened to anything on that tape. One day, I flipped it. I was like, if Chino on this side, I was like, let me see what's on this side. So I put it on the other side, and I listened. And Dead Presidents was on there. And so I'm like, oh, shit. I judged Chino XL all wrong. So I'm thinking <laughs> of Chino XL. So I'm like, I'm like, damn. Man, I, I shouldn't have did dude like that. Like I should have, I should have gave him a chance. Dude, for about a month, I thought it was Chino XL because that was the only song on that side, and I kept it on repeat. Like I, I like rewind it back, play again, rewind back, play again. And it took this dude that I went to school with named Jason Beard to come by my house. I was like, hey, you gotta hear this dude Chino XL. He was like, <laughs> all right. He was like, I, I've heard this stuff, but. Shit's whack. So I'm like, all right. Not the new shit. Right. <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't know what you be listening to. So I play it. He was like, when you gonna put on Chino XL? I'm like, I'm like, I just played it. He was like, that ain't Chino XL. I'm like, it is. Dude said it at the beginning of the tape. He was like, that's Jay-Z. I'm like, man, I don't know about no Jay-Z and all that, but that's Chino. So we back and forth. So he's like, nah, that's a song called Dead President. I'm like, okay, so I do some research, ask a couple dudes that I know. They like, yeah, that's Jay. I'm like, well, I, I, I fuck with him then. Like, I like him. So I listened to that for months. And I mean months. And that summer, when June 25th, when that album dropped, and I got it. And I'm looking for, I see their president on the album, but it's not that version. Right, this, right. This part two. Right. And I listened to it and I'm like, oh my God. Like, I, if I had never heard anything like this in my life, again, I'm listening. I love the beats of West Coast music, but lyrical content, you know, was pretty basic. You know, bang, bang, shoot them up, you know, mm -hmm. get broad, that shit. But <laughs> to hear whole, I'm like, he, he's saying some of the same things, but he's saying it in such a different way. Yeah. And the music behind it, it it's what I say. It wasn't beats anymore. It wasn't rap beats. It was music. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I can't believe it. Like, it, it shook me because I'm like, I've never heard anything like this in my life. And it, it, it changed. It changed everything for me. Man, for me, I am uh, going into my senior year of high school. My homegirl, actually, she lives in Houston right now, Leslie. We used to work together at Oakwood Country Club. And, you know, she would play the, play the tape all the time. Listen to this. Listen to this. And much like you, I'm heavy West Coast. It's Dog Pound this, Death Row that. It's all that. When I ain't listening to that, I'm listening to Jodeci. That's it. Like, ain't, ain't, ain't nothing. I'm, I'm, fucking with, I'm fucking with Biggie, but really it's all about what anything that Dr. Dre putting his hands on. So I'm not giving it a shot. So one day I see the video for their presidents. I was like, we, we in the break room. Like, oh, here go the video for uh, Jay-Z, their presidents. Pull up in the Lexus. I'm looking. And I'm like looking at it. I'm like, this shit corny. Like... <laughs> This shit whack. Like, they making a, a deal in the wide open? Like, this shit 
horny. Like, they got a silk shirt on. What type of shit is this? He a rapper with a silk shirt? Where the baggy shit at? Where this at? Like, man, I was like, man, this shit whack. I'm not fucking with this. So the whole summer go, the entire, I never even listened to it. We going to school one day. She leave a tape in my car. She ain't never got that tape back, my nigga. <laughs> never. To this day, she still ain't got that tape back. Nigga, never. Like, I, I finally gave it a shot, and it was just like, it, was, it wasn't like, boom, like you. It was like a gradual thing. Like, it, like, it caught me, so I kept listening. But I wasn't fucking with it like, oh, this shit hard. I was just, you know, back and forth to school, back and forth to work, wherever I'm going, I'm just listening to it. And it just slowly but surely, like, yo, this shit is getting better and better. So it wasn't even till I would say probably that following year that I was locked in. Like, yo, this nigga is official. Because, <laughs> because at the time, like, I want to, um, in 96, like, these albums dropped all in 96. You had Master P with Ice Cream Man. In Cleveland, P was huge. I know he Same as Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, like, Bought It and all that stuff was, like, just getting played. Uh, Pac, All Eyes on Me. Fuji's the mm -hmm. score. They both dropped on the same day. You had De La Soul with The Stakes Is High. Uh, Outcast, AT Aliens dropped. Yeah. Uh, Ghostface with Iron Man. Then shit, Foxy and Lil' Kim dropped their debut albums. Red Man dropped Muddy Waters. Muddy so, Waters. So, like, really, like, through, throughout the summer, like, it got, it really just got lost in the mix to me. Like, I, I never, one, I never mm -hmm. get a shot. It got lost in the mix. And if she didn't leave that tape in my car, I wouldn't have listened to it. <laughs> and for all my, and, and then, like, uh, I remember getting uh, Biggie, Life After Death, in March. And I remember I got my CD player put in my car, so I couldn't listen to it no more. So I went to the record exchange on Coventry. All my peoples in Cleveland know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> I found Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt, for $5 on CD. And that was the best purchases I've ever made, man. So, oh. yeah, like, 96 was a hell of a year. I was late to the game on Jay-Z. And this is fast-forwarding a little bit. This is my freshman year at Wright State, your sophomore year, when the Bad Boy Tour came to the Nutter Center. Mm -hmm. And, like, I can, I can honestly remember Jay-Z and Dame openers. Hove was an opener. 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 Like, yo, and I'm singing word for word, and everybody looking at me crazy like, who is this dude? He up there with a bulletproof vest on and a T-shirt. <laughs> And Dame Dash is the hype man. No dancers, no DJ, just play the track. Yes. And, and I was going crazy. And everybody looking at me like, yo, who is this guy? But ain't nobody know who he was until he did his verse on Ain't No Nigga. And everybody knew that song, but nobody mm -hmm. knew anything before that. And I think that shows by, you know, this album, like, technically, it didn't do great sales-wise till many right. years later, till he became whole. Mm hmm. Yes. Yes. And I was speaking of that that concert at the Nutter Center. I was supposed to go. You weren't there. So two of my boys came up from Cincinnati. They called me. Hey, we coming up for the concert. They didn't give a damn about Hope. 
<laughs> they wanted to see Puff Daddy. So they like, yeah, we coming up with a concert. <laughs> you trying to go? I'm like, nah. So they're like, what you going to do? What you doing? I was going down to a Kappa party at NKU, Northern <laughs> Kentucky University. So I'm like, nah, I'm going to a party. They was like, all right. Get all the way to NKU. There's no party. I'm Everybody like, up here. Everybody's a date. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, man, this is terrible. And then one of my boys who went to the show, like two days later, was like, hey, man, that dude you used to tell us about, Jay Z, he cold. I'm like, Fuck, I can't believe I missed him. But yeah, I remember that. I remember that day so vividly. But Jay was just, man, kid, I, I, I had never heard anything like it in my life. And the thing that got me about Dead Presidents, right? So we had a radio station in Cincinnati, a jazz station in the mid to late 90s called The Wave. And we usually play like contemporary jazz, like, um, you know, Kenny G, mm-hmm. uh, David Sanborn, people like that. Yeah. But every now and again, they would play like... Uh, people that you weren't too familiar with, you know, your Roy Ayers, your Bob James, um, Joe Sample, people like that. Yeah. And they also play, uh, what was his name? Lonnie Liston-Smith. Lonnie Liston, yeah. And the song was, I think, Garden Paradise. And so I had heard that and knew what it was. So when I heard the sample for that song on uh, Dead President, I'm like, oh, shit. You know, I was used to hearing samples from Dre, you know, using more funk type stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? On beats out west. So to hear a jazz sample used and a melodic beat and this dude saying what he was saying, I was like, this shit is like some next level, you know, another planet type stuff. And it just, it man, it changed my view on music so much, man. That song was just something different. Definitely. And you know, the album starts off with Can Not the Hustle. He yes. got Mary, he got Mary J. Blige to do the hook. Now, yes. what people gotta understand, this isn't Jay-Z right now, where he can mm-hmm. call anybody and get them to do a feature. Mary yeah. J. Blige, she is coming off what's the 411? My life. Yeah. Like she is the biggest RB singer in the world and she's yes. and and also what people got to realize this is an independent album at the time this isn't yes. on def jam where they later found rockefeller this is a straight priority wherever the hell backyard album <laughs> situation they was on so he was able well him and dame were able to convince mary to jump on this on this album and be the first song out the gate so that right there for the first time listener should give it credibility. Yeah, that's exact. That's what did it for me. You know, I'm thinking to myself, like, if this dude's so new, how's he getting an established artist like Mary on here? You know what I'm saying? It's just something you didn't see with, with cats who were new at the time coming out. They might have had their little cousin singing on the hook or mm-hmm. DeAndre from up the street doing the hook. You know, but to get Mary J, I was like, shit, this, this is something different. Yeah. Yeah, and so, this is not yeah. like with Mary on there, it's like not like all right, they pushing a new artist on Uptown. 
you know, hey, Mary, mm-hmm. do us a solid. This is the, this yeah. is the family. This is the label. Like, this is outside her label. This is outside her, quote, unquote, family. So for her to be on there and, like, like I was saying, like, those are one of the songs that really started catching my attention more and more. And it, when I was first listening to it, like, yo, this is Mary. Like, this got to yeah. be something. And yes. it was one of those songs I was kept rewinding and kept fucking with. And it's, like, grew on me heavier and heavier. I mean, yes. the feature. The feature of Biggie was almost like, for me, looking at it then, it was like, all right, the the number one guy out of New York in rap is looking out for the up-and-coming up guy. You know, we yes. would go on to later discover what their relationship was outside of music. So, I, to be honest, I never thought so high of the Biggie feature like I did the Mary feature. I just thought, well, shoot, rappers do features all the time. All the time, so having yes. that. Having that Mary feature for me was just like, like a stamp. And that was that's the same for me. Like, you know, you find people who would do features. You know, rappers, hell, I do a feature, get the bag real quick. You know, whatever. And I could probably overcharge because they're new and they they want that buzz. So it was cool. You know, I was like cool, big on it. But that Mary, you know, I was like, this this man, this guy is something totally different. So I, I, I 100% agree with you. The big feature, you know, was, was dope. Don't get me wrong. But oh, yeah. The Mary J feature, I was like, shit. And the way she she sang it, I was like, damn. Like, it had, that's another thing. The album had so much feeling to me. Yeah. Like, we, we, we had heard artists before, and they rap, and they may say something cool. Don't get me wrong. But the feeling behind it. Like, it, it, even in you as a listener, it evoked certain feelings. It made you think and, and, and try to place yourself in that situation or, you know, dive deeper into what they were saying. And her her passion of how she was singing, I'm like, man, this shit moves me. It was almost like a gospel music feeling to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it evoked that, that something inside of you that I can't explain, but I, I 100% agree with you about that feature. Yeah, and then you go into politics as usual. Like on, on the on the initial listening, like it's it's way over my head. Like everything mm-hmm. he's talking about is way over my head until I got more mature and kept listening and you know doing reading and understanding. Like, oh, okay, this is what he's talking about because he's not talking about the stuff that you know we saw in our neighborhoods or we heard on other albums. We heard about the dudes on the corner hustling. Like yeah. he's talking about being a boss hustling and talking to the underlings and yes. getting, dealing with the connect and stuff like that. So that is all new. Like this is basically where the boss talk started on this album. Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. Because we were used to getting that, you know, rise from, you know, nothing to the corner boy to, you know, I'm a step above that. Now yeah. we have we hear up here. Because even if you think about the intro, right? The intro of the of the album is that scene from Scarface. Yeah. And you kidding you me or what? What? <laughs> right. And so for those familiar with that that scene in Scarface, it starts out, and in my mind, I'm listening, I'm thinking, okay, Jay's painting himself as Scarface. But if you listen to the end, it says Jay-Z's gonna stick your head up your ass fast and the rabbit gets fucked. So now he's, now I'm thinking, oh shit, Jay's the man, man. Yeah. He's not placing himself in Scarface's, 
you know, in Tony's position, he's here. He's the man. So I'm like, shit. So it, it even the intro played with my head where it's like, okay, is he saying he's about to show us how he's building up to a certain level or is he already there? And so that's why I was like, I got to listen to this. Even, like I say, even the intro gets you. It pulls you in. It's like, this is what I'm about to give you. And so we had never seen, at least I hadn't at the time, had never seen something that gives you all the parts of the game. Yeah. From the corner boy to the ones who didn't have anything, the ones who wanted to be corner boys, bosses. And then the thing that he gave you was the bad side. Yeah. He gave you the part that nobody ever really talked about. Everybody glorified the money, the women, the, the, the game, everything. But nobody ever told you about the shit that comes along with that. Right. Up to that point. So right. That, it, for me, man. for me, like, this was like the first album to give you, like, the, the movie version. Like, it was like, mm. like how in Boys in the Hood, you see Ricky get killed. And mm -hmm. Menace, you see uh, Kane get killed. Like, in the other music, they never told you about this part. Like, this, they, he tells you about that. Out, you know, outside of, you know, they're totally two different style of rappers. But outside of him and MC8, yes. MC8 told you the bad stuff that happened. Like, everything else prior to this, it was all, man, this is shits and giggles. We making money over this side. We going to the club. We doing this. We having a ball. This is how we getting it. Like, those are like, at that time, those are the only two artists that I can remember giving you the flip side of being a hustler. It, it, it just, it brought, it brought everything, like, into, into the picture. You know, it wasn't just, ha-ha, we living great over here. We got money. We got broads. We got, the, you know, even though he did have his, his portions of the music that was beautiful and, and, and extravagant and opulent and all that, he still would hit you with a bar to be like, oh, hold on. You know, like even, like I said, my, my song, Dead President, that first verse, when he gives you the part where he's talking about his boy, where he says on the uptown hot block, he got his side sprayed up, you know, and that section right there is probably what made me think the most about just everything because he says um, on the Uptown Hot Block, he got his side sprayed up. I saw his life slipping. This That's is a, a minor, minor setback. setback. <laughs> but yet and all, we still we, what he said, but yet and all, we still live. Just dream about the get back. Get back. So he's having a conversation with his boy who's in the hospital. Just yeah. dream about the get back. He said, just dream about the get back. That made him smile. Though his eyes said, pray for me. I'll do you, I do one, you better one better and slay these niggas faithfully. faithfully. Murder tough day to digest. It's a slow it's process. A slow process. And, I and I ain't got nothing but time. time. That section Woo. of that verse was something I had never seen. Because if you even think about the brief part in within that verse where he says, uh, pray for me. I'll do you one better and slay these niggas faithfully. The play on pray and faith like the whole religious aspect that ties together there. And mm -hmm. even when he goes and he says, uh, murder is a tough thing to digest. It's a slow process. And I ain't got nothing but time. He plays on time again. Yeah. Meaning he's, he can get it done. It may take a minute or whatever. But also time in, I ain't got nothing but time. Though, is, even if he did it, all he'll get is time in jail. So it's like 
he he he's he's playing with your mind, and he he's he's flirting with double entendres a lot, and that was one thing that I was like in rap music at the time I really never heard so much. Right. The double entendre, and 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 it was like, dude, I was like like on on the evils. The biggest double entendre that stood out to me first was uh uh throughout my junior high years it was all friendly. But now this higher learning got the Remy and Remy. Little cousin <laughs> like, my kidney. That, Remy. That Remy. Higher learning. <laughs> yes. I was like, Remy. <laughs> it was like all those things. And the great thing about Reasonable Doubt is even throughout time, I still pick up stuff when I listen to it. Because it was just maybe three or four years ago when I even... I even learned like the CBS line. So I keep uh so I so we keep one eye open like CBS. Like when I initially heard it, yeah, CBS, the logo for CBS looks like an eye. But CBS, like see the bullshit. C B S. So I was like I just learned that right now. You was today years old when you learned <laughs> your facts. I didn't even think of that part. Right. So I was like, oh shit. Like it hit me one day. I was like, oh shit. And I was like, I'm still learning from this album. It, it man, this boy, yeah, there's something different. That boy, a monster, like lyrically, the way he weaves the shit back and forth, like you said, with the double entendres, and something about Jay Z's flow. So, after like I become a total fan of Jay Z, I go back. So, I like, mm-hmm. all right, the original flavor stuff, the uh, I got you, mm-hmm. all these other songs, and I'm like, yo, the flow here is very Daz effects. With the mm-hmm. and everything like that, so I'm like, so this guy has changed his style, slowed it down to what we get now, and then I think back to Biggie about his flow on Dolly My Baby. He's fast, he's mm-hmm. a fast rap as well, and he became a superstar once he slowed his flow down a little bit. But then when I did the rewind on the Biggie, it's still a little bit of speed rapping in there, a little bit of tongue twisting yes. going on there. And I heard the same thing on this album, especially like I will probably say on 22 twos gets a gets mm-hmm. a rap going on. And like, obviously, that style is coming gone. But at that time, that was still like dudes that were able to able to do it, but they're able to do it clearly. You were able to understand yes. every single word, every single syllable. That's what makes it dope still. If you can still put yes. that. And still spit those rhymes without it sounding like garbage. Right, exactly. And so even for the the the, the fast spitters that have come and gone over the years, like the twisters, the bones, shout out to bone. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, people like that, it it was dope because you could you know, you could go and and I think people were enamored with that style because it was something that not a lot of people could do. You know, so it was like Oh, that's dope. It's like anything that you see other people that they can do something that you can't. You're like, cool. But then you start thinking, okay, what are you talking about? Right. You know, it comes like a gimmick. Right. Right. Exactly. 100%. It becomes real gimmicky. And like all gimmicks, they crucial fade away. (laughs) Crucial. Shot towns on. And so, no disrespect. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, it, for those fast spitters, it was like once you like really start trying to pick apart and learn and see what they were saying, 
wasn't saying shit really. Right. But for those that could do like Jay was doing, like da 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 da, he was like, ah, okay, cool. Because I'm like you, I went back and started listening to old stuff, and I'm like, eh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, you know, but I, I need to understand what the hell you're talking about. Definitely, so definitely. That was, that was it. For me, uh, the evils. Oh. That, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a jump, I'm a jump, a jump a little bit. That's my favorite, not only favorite song on the album, but I think that's my favorite Jay Z song of all time. Like it is just something about that song. It speaks to me. It it paints a perfect picture. We used to fight for building blocks. Now we fight for buildings that fight for like, blocks. Yo, fight for like, buildings. And like it's 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 it, on the outside looking in, it's a simple rap. Like, yeah, that ain't that or that hard to get, but like you think about it, like, and when, especially when you get older, you know, when you get older and you don't have the same relationship with friends that you from the sandbox with because you know people go different ways. That that yes. type speaks volumes, speaks volumes. Yes. You don't understand that until you able to see somebody that you grew up with and all you got in common is the past. You don't mm -hmm. have things in common going forward. Everything you yep. got in common, the only conversations you can have is about the past. It's not about, yeah. hey man, what you got going on? Hey, how's the fam? Hey, da 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 da. Did you do this? Did you do that? Everything's about. Hey, remember that time? Hey, remember that time? Hey, remember that time? It's yeah. only you only get so many. Hey, you remember that time? So the conversation is is over. So that line for me, it speaks different because I was never a hustler or anything like that. But that line speaks to me so vividly as an adult. Yes, that song, and 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 my favorite verse in that song is the second verse. Where we say, uh, he never learned, so in turn, I'm kidnapping his baby's mother. My hand around the collar, feeding the cheese, you know, like that whole thing. And if you pay attention in that verse with the titles, the evils, the evils put together, devils, it shows the transition. The, the big takeaway for me in that song is the transition of guilt power, uh, everything that comes along with it. Because at the end of that verse, he said, uh, I'll take away your miseries and make it mine, the evils. Like, he's talking about trying to find old boy, you know, and the transference of the pain and all that shit from what he's doing, you know, not just what he's doing, but from him doing certain shit, shit she's worried about, she's telling on dude, He's going to take care of dude, and now he has to burden himself with that shit because yeah. something he did. And so when he ends that verse, one day I'll take away your miseries and make it mine, the evil. And when he ended that verse, I was like, wow. <laughs> like, it just takes you, and it, it, it's just so much. And that's one of those songs that shows you everything that, that the game entails. And yeah. he, he talks about the negative side of it. Yeah. And it, I again, it, it's one of those things, again, Kev, that I had never heard anybody word like that and, 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 and hit on that. So The Evils is, is probably my second favorite Jay song of all time behind Dead Presidents 2. The Evils, the beat? Oh, my Woo, God. Primo. Oh, my God. 
Houston's own. <laughs> Absolutely. But, I mean, you got the samples in there from Mob. Yeah. You got the sample mm-hmm. from Snoop, and it's just like, man, like that beat is flawless. It it, and especially in that time when West Coast was still doing his thing. Yeah. And to have Snoop on that sample, because that song, the original song with Snoop was fire. Yeah. And so to 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 sample that, I was just like, oh my god. And then the Mob Deep portion, you know, I'm like. Oh my! They on me. I mean, I was like, like it's just something about Primo that he, I, you know, that saying that I like Swiss beats because they come with a hook. Primo's got the same shit because he's gonna find that one clip that you're talking about, make that small clip from some random song, and and put it in your song. Like, well, shit, that go the hook right there. That's the the hook. Like yeah, Primo nah, beats, you don't you don't really need a hook. He's gonna build the hook in for you. Yeah. With that sample. And 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 that was, I mean, it was so perfect, dude. It was so perfect. It, it, it oh my God. But yeah, the evils, it, it it was another one of those songs. That was another one on there that I was just like, man, it it, it can't get any better. Yeah. Like I think of certain rap songs that I'm like, that's the perfect song. Perfect beat, perfect bars, perfect, you know, voice and flow on it. And that's one of the ones in hip hop where I'm like, that's just the perfect song. Yeah, we talked about 22 twos a little bit, but I will say, like, a lot of the albums like that I um I got coming up, I've already previewed them, and uh some of the stuff sounds dated and it takes you back to a certain place in time. For me on this album, it doesn't take me back to a place in time where I was when I, I listened to it. I'm I'm always really in the now because the album is so good. The only things that on this album that seem dated to me are on 22 twos. And it's not yes. the, it's not the song, it's just it's the slang. It's yes. the slang terms that are used in it that that make it seem dated. Every everything he's talking about is still dope. Uh, you know, we talked about the, you know, saying the fast paced rap. He has a couple of those in there, but like, you know, the the Maria, uh, the Wednesdays and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it, it seems it seems out of place now, but at the yeah. time it flowed perfectly. So that's the only song yes. that I say takes me back to like, all right, man, this is a certain place in time that this song was created, but it's still a dope record. Yeah, it, it was cool. I, 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 thinking back on it now, looking back, it doesn't flow well to me. Like that song and the placement of the song. Um, back then, I was like, "Oh shit, this is amazing!" Yeah, you yeah. know the, the the keep the two two two. You know, it was cool. Um, but like you said, the the whole Maria Davis, uh, Mad Wednesdays. You know, the whole thing. It it puts you. It almost that whole concept almost boxes you in yeah. to a time frame, and it's like I have to take my mind back to when that was hot, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that one is it was cool. I liked it. Then it's cool now. I don't hate it. Um, there's actually only one song on the album I hate, but it, I, think, I think we're probably on the same page <laughs> when we get to that song. Normally, um, I'm, normally I've been hitting them out the park with the songs that people ain't feeling. But yeah. uh, for me on the on the twenty two twos, 
It's uh, if you go, fun fact, when we were in New York for your wedding that weekend, Hove had the B-Sides concert. And yes, he did. You can find the B-Sides live version of 22 Tools, and it's crazy. It's it's yes. way better than the one on the album. It's <laughs> yes. crazy. Like, yo, you need to put yes. that out, because that shit is fire. Yes. That shit yes. bang. Yes, yes, 100%. That shit but bang. Now, what I will say about 22 Tools, what was the opening line? Too much West Coast dick licking. Like, Did that, at that moment, when shit was going on in rap, I was like, damn, okay. Like, we're just going to jump out there with that, huh? Like, it, there was no, let me ease into it. Let me, it was just like, out the gate, boom. I'm going to make this statement, and I'm gonna, and that's going to be it. But other than that, um, it's, it's a cool song. It's a cool song. Yeah. Um, I don't hate it again. I don't think it's, like, overly the greatest whole thing ever. Like, I've never really cared for, like, those concept, like, those conceptual-type rap songs where it's, like... I'm going to show how awesome I am at doing it. Like, even with, what was the one song by Papoose, where he goes through the alphabet? Yeah. It was, it was cool. So you're not cool. a, uh, you're not a fan of uh, One Mike with uh, Nas? That was cool. It was, it was all right. <laughs> I think, was all right. I think, dude, I think songs like 22 Tools, Papoose with the alphabet, Nas especially, uh, with, uh, on um, one mic and um, what's the one he tell the story in reverse? Oh, where he goes reverse? Yeah, I, like see, I like that. Those, yeah, I really like that. Those are dope, but those aren't songs like oh, I gotta play right now. It it's really really you you really showing off your skills. <laughs> like yes. it's, it's it's a fight. It's almost like Steph Curry. Like hey, watch how many half court shots I can hit in a row. It's like yeah, that's cool, right. but like all right, man, I, I've seen it a thousand times, man. So right. that, that's, right. that's kind of how I feel about that. So we got yes. Can I Live? And this is, from my knowledge, uh, like the real introduction of a Irv Gotti produced beat. You know, you had like, I'm, I'm not even sure if Mike Geronimo came before this or not. But uh, uh, I don't, I'm not sure because I know like Mike Geronimo was like Irv Gotti's like first artist that he really started pushing. But right. nonetheless, can I live if not has the Isaac Hayes sample? But mm -hmm. Herb does something with that sample that's different from the million and one times we heard it before. Like mm -hmm. he really lets lets the horn section go. Like most people just yes. say boom, boom, doom, 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 boom. Just like yes. just all right, we just gonna chop and splice that part and loop it over. But they let the horns go. Boom. Yes. Boom, <laughs> boom. Like you don't yes. hear you only you only hear that on the Isaac Hayes version. Yep, that's it. That's it. And when Irv did it, I was like, man, again, it was it, it played into what I was saying earlier about the music of it. It didn't seem like rap beats, you know. You know, West Coast at the time had that driving, you know, driving beats, and and you'd have Dre put in funk stuff or other people in the West Coast. I don't just want to say Dre, you know, even uh, DJ Quick, but. Right. Daz. On Daz, yes. And so on that song, to hear the horns be like, almost like the centerpiece. Yeah. It almost put you, it sounded almost like a movie score. You know, you felt like that. Dun, dun, like it, it added to it. It added to that. that I would like to action. know 
I would like to ask him, did they recreate the horns? Because when I re-listened to it and I, I listened to that, I went back and listened to the Isaac Hayes. I was like, those horns sound bigger, louder right. than the actual sample. Yes. So I, I don't know if they did something in the drum machine or they had somebody come replay that part, but those right. sound like real epic. Like you, you're getting yes. something. That, that shit bangs. I mean, horn. obviously, like, to me, that's a standout part. But the lyrics, I mean, another what another I one, another one you can almost say is basically a flawless song to me. <laughs> um, but back to like the horn part of it. The horns, for me, I've always loved horns. Like I've always loved that that sound. Um, because I'm gonna tell you, my favorite song with a horn in it, rap hip hop song, is. Uh, it's the meth song. It's off to Cal. Um, oh, yeah. What is that? I know oh, what you're talking God. about. Damn, yes. I'm drawing a blank. But I know what you're talking but, um, about. It was like those horns just, it's, it's, it's invigorating. It's almost, it gives you energy almost. But on holes, on, on uh, Can I Live, the horns almost bring you down a little bit. And and again, it's almost like a movie. It's almost yeah. like you're, you're you're listening to a movie, and you know, even a lot of times the emotion that we feel when watching a movie comes from the music. Yeah. You know, even though we don't know it, that music drives us. You know, that the horns or the beat going fast or whatever, it gives us an emotion. Our heart starts beating fast or it brings us down or whatever the case may be. And on Can I Live, that shit, it was almost like you can picture him just doing whatever he was doing or saying whatever he was saying back by the horn yeah so but can i live oh my god kid <laughs> man so so we get the introduction of foxy brown ain't no nigga mm -hmm. not only is that like the biggest song like for the masses but we get the intro to foxy we get really the intro to jay-z to the mainstream because it was on the nutty professor soundtrack and yep. this is something i'll never forget in high school, uh, study hall. Niggas in there playing spades, niggas just doing whatever, whatever. <laughs> uh, and I was always like, even back then, like, I was in charge of the music. Like, we uh -huh. was in there messing around. <laughs> and uh, hey, my, uh, high tide? you know it, them tigers. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> nine, seven state champs and hoop. They had to put that out there. Oh, and, come on. <laughs> So we in there, and uh, my dude, Tupac fanatic, Tupac fanatic. Now at this time, Tupac had dropped Don Caluminati, Machiavelli, that album. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On that album, obviously got hit him up. He takes shots at Nas, Jay Z, and everything. So he is a Tupac fanatic, and we know how the Tupac fanatics are. Yes, <laughs> they go. They so it was, he always said, hey, play that pop, play that pop, play that pop. And one day I played that uh, Ain't No Nigga. And he rocking with it. And he's like, hey, is that that nigga Jay-Z? I was like, yeah, Jay-Z. <laughs> he's like, nigga, that shit hard. Double that shit back. No doubt, nigga. <laughs> like, yo, he would want that shit played so much. He's like, man, I can't believe I like this shit. This shit so hard. Like, this some shit pop with me. Like, I never <laughs> And I looked at it, I was like, is it? Is it real? <laughs> so I 
like, like, nigga, like, like, nigga, watch, nigga, at prom, nigga, I'm telling the niggas to put this shit together, and, and I get around, I'm telling that shit gonna sound hard, and, to his credit, that shit yeah. does go to, that shit, yeah. I get around, and ain't no nigga goes together, that shit does go hard, so, I, that's like, one of the biggest <laughs> memories I got, a, a Tupac fanatic was like, I give him props on this song, this shit hard, all the other Man. bullshit you talk about, I fuck with, but this shit hard. And I was, and I was a big Pac fan uh, at the time. And because I'm going to tell you, 96, when All Eyes on Me dropped, Ooh. I think that was 96. I yeah, think. 96. Uh, February of 96. February 13th, 1996. Because yep. um, I remember going, catching a bus to CD Connection to go buy it. Yeah. And that CD, real quick on a side note. At CD Connection, you can go in and listen to the CD first before you play yeah. it. So I go in. Dude says, uh, I'm like, let me hear let me hear the pop. I put it on. And they used to have these huge, like, noise-canceling headphones. And I put them on. And how, oh, I won't deny it. And when that beat dropped, dun, 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 I turned it off at that point. I said, hey, let me get that. <laughs> I got it. Walked across the street. Now, mind you, I had my portable CD player. Walked across the street. Because um, in the Natty, it was on Corain Avenue, and across the street was a um, Long John Silver. Went to Long John Silver because my bus wasn't coming for about another hour. So I sat there and listened to All Eyes on Me. I think I missed two buses on purpose. Like, just sitting there, just listening. Like, go ahead. I get the next one. But at that time, so I was a big Pac fan, too, at the time. Um, but when Jay came around, that slowly started. <laughs> but to Ain't No Nigga, hated that song. Hated. That is the one song I hated on the album. Now, there's another one that I dislike a lot, but I don't say I hate it. I hate it. Ain't No Nigga. To this day, hate that song. And so, really? hate it. Hate it. Cause I hated the beat. I hated the I, I like I just hate I hated Foxy on that song. I'm like, <laughs> man. And the first first time I heard it, um, when I had when I finally got the CD, I take it back. I hadn't listened to it yet. I had listened to majority of the album, but had never listened to Ain't No Nigga. So that summer when it's out, me and my boy Kev Key are working at his uncle's car wash. My boy spending the night at my crib every day. And we get up super early, walk to the car wash, wash cars. On break time, we in the break room playing Mortal, not Mortal Kombat, Killer Instinct, and on Sega Genesis, and listening to music. So there's these two dudes who are from, one was from Cleveland, hey. one was from Youngstown. They were students at University of Cincinnati playing football, and they stayed over the summer and got a job at the car wash. One was named Moody. Moody would play whole, like, unbelievably nonstop, right? One day, I come in, he's playing Ain't No Nigga. He has that shit blasted in the car <laughs> I walk in, and I'm like, man, this shit whack, man. He was like, what? So me and him are like, about to argue about this. I'm like, man, this shit's trash, dude. I'm like, this ain't, this ain't the real JC. Like, this some goof soundtrack radio shit. I'm like, dude, I hate this song. Like, I hated everything about, to this day, 
that is once the the one song on the album. I'm like, I wish he had put something else on there. Like he could have burned this shit up. And if I think if that would have been the first song I heard from him, I would have okay. never been a J fan. I'd have been like, nah. You, you know, because 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 form how they do albums now format that would be the first one. They wouldn't yeah. go with their presidents first. A street record like yeah. that would not be the first song out the gate. Uh, for them exactly. to even to get that song on a soundtrack to a Nutty Professor and get that shit banged out so much over the summer is, is kudos to Dame Dash to, to making yeah. that play and uh, introducing them to the mainstream. I'm, I'm surprised that's the one you don't like. That's cool, though. That's cool, though. Uh, so, oh, man. Another story song, Friend of Foe. State your best. State your best. There it is. Man, that, oh my God. Dude, that was like watching a movie. Mm -hmm. It was like he progresses in the song and, and, and goes on and tells the story or whatever. And I'm just like, dude, this is some other shit. You know what I'm saying? Because at the time, I think, trying to think of a story, right? I mean, what what's the what's the classic? Um Slick Rick. Uh, uh Great Adventure uh, Slick Rick. Right. So at the time, I mean when I'm thinking a story, so I'm thinking this old school Slick Rick, of course Big. Mm -hmm. Big was great at that. Yeah. Yeah. But to hear this, I'm like, mm. like man, this dude, it it I, I just can't I just can't explain it, kid. It it yeah. was it was movie-like. Yeah, and later on, we get the visual to it for... Yes. On Streets is Watching. Streets uh, is Watching. You get the visual for it, and it's... It, I mean, the visual is perfect. I mean, it, it yes. does exactly what the song says. It paints exactly what you thought was going to be in your head. That's another yes. dope one. And a, a sleeper song, in my opinion, like, is, for me, is Coming of Age. We got the intro yes. to, to the... the to the most loyal guy in hip-hop... <laughs> Memphis, absolutely. Make it easy, money pipping hoes in style. Bleak, most most loyal guy in the world, man. I love Bleak, man. Bleak is my man. guy. He's always gonna be my guy. I don't care what yes. anybody says. Bleak holds it down. And to another story, another story. Yes. Like I, on on this rewind, I didn't know it was so many stories on here. These are a lot yes. of story rappers. Like, these aren't, like, braggadocious. This isn't even, like, what you get on the follow-up album from Jay-Z, uh, where we could talk about this later, but I'd say, I'd say it right now, where you get, obviously, the death of Big, and then on the next album, it's almost like, all right, all those Biggie songs, I'm going to do them now. And, and it didn't work for him. This yeah. sh shit works for him. You'll get your little splash of you know, uh, a party songs, but this street shit works for Jay-Z. But uh, yes. back, to, back to coming of age, I mean, it's just another classic story rapping for him to look out for his young young boy back home yeah. and put, basically just put him on. Like, yes. you know, I hear, whenever Bleak does an interview, I'm watching. And, uh, you know, he got a real famous interview on Drink Champs about what, yes. I, yeah, I, I didn't, I wasn't a rapper. I wasn't trying to rap. I was just trying yeah. to hang hang around the, the older dudes. And yeah. the fact, he was like, you want to be on? He's like, yeah, memorize this. The faster you memorize it, 
faster you be on. So he had no intentions of being a rapper until he put that paper in his hand, literally and figuratively. Yeah. And 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 the line in there where he says, uh, here's a G. And he said, what'd he say? Uh fuck with you, I'll ride for free. Uh, whatever for free. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, it, it really paints that picture, kind of foreshadowing the loyalty that you speak of with Bleak. Like Bleak is like like you say, the most loyal dude and one of my favorite people in 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 rap. Um, shit, I even went and got all bleak shit when it dropped. Blizzle. And because <laughs> the second, hey, his second CD. Yep, yep. Number the second hey, one is dope. Me and Jimmy, <laughs> story time. Me and Jimmy. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> well, on spring break, about to go down to Atlanta and then drive up to. North Carolina. Me and him have been bullshitting all day, not leaving out where we're supposed to leave out to get on the road. Get the rental car, all that. We get the rental car. There's no CD player in the rental car. I only have a tape player. Jimmy and I go over to Fairfield Commons Mall. Go <laughs> the to legendary. The, spot. <laughs> the legendary Fairfield Commons. <laughs> and we buy two tapes. We're like, hey, I ain't got, because at the crib, I'm like, no damn tapes. He was like, me either. He bought Tarantula. Mystical. <laughs> uh, and I bought Bleak. Dude, we played Bleak from Dayton, Ohio, all the way down 75 south to Atlanta, <laughs> and up 95 north to North Carolina. Like, we played and kept Bleak on fucking repeat nonstop. And it was like, man, that that... That album, that Bleak album, I hate that I can't think of the name of it off, off top. Um, but even his first one, I played a lot um, with the song Memph Bleak is, yes. you know, that, that first album. I even played that. But coming of age, man, dude, like you, you, you can see them. You can visualize them in the car, having a conversation, you know, talking about whatever they want to talk about. And it was just like, damn. I don't know who, at the time, I'm like, I don't know who this Memphis Bleak dude is, but uh, I like him. And yeah. I like the back and forth between the two of them. You know, and even moving forward to other back and forth records they've done, I'm just like, shit, man. It works. It works because I think it's genuine. Yeah. It's not contrived. It's not, you know, fake or, you know, I'm just going to put a person in here. We're going to tell a little fake story. You know, this is a real person, real relationship. Yeah. So you get that feeling. Yeah, that Blake album, uh, The Understanding. Mm. Uh, mine right, is that your yes. chick? Do my lady. Yeah, yeah, Brother, got some, yes. Got some smackers on there, man. Yeah. So now we at the song that I never listened to when I was uh, Cashmere yeah. Thoughts. I hate, I, that, is the <laughs> other, that is the other one, Kev, because it doesn't mm -hmm. fit to me. At all. Because if you pay attention, it's almost like it's it's supposed to be like pimps having a talk, yeah, having a conversation. And I'm like, nah, I don't, nah, pimping ain't. I get that no pimping out of this album at all. Right, right. It's it's uh it's kind of like how I said on the Biggie one. As much as I love the Biggie album and everything like that, uh. 
what's the song? Uh, uh, Big Papa, as great as the song it is, it stands out like a sore thumb yes. because it doesn't match everything that's yes. on the album. This song yes. doesn't match what's on the album at all. Like, he ain't never said nothing about pimping <laughs> on the first, what, 13 songs? Well, 12 songs, mm -hmm. and then out of nowhere, you a pimp now? Like, when did that happen? <laughs> but then you get back into some, some rap shit. Yes. Bring it on if you think you can hang. Good. Hey, <laughs> if not, let me do my thing. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, man, that was that was another one. Like I, I, I hated. God, I hated cashmere socks. Like I wish they could <laughs> took that out and just was like, hey, nah, we we ain't gonna do this because I, I I've always been a fan of let like the flow of an album. You know, I hate the flow to be interrupted mm -hmm. by some BS. And so to go from cashmere thoughts to that, I'm like, oh shit. You know, um, I've always described some of my perfect and favorite albums as ones you can just put in and let ride. Yeah. And that uh... <laughs> swing and a miss. <laughs> swing and a miss. That's for sure. Was, it was so bad. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They picked it back up with that one. They got it back going with that one. I mean, you got Jazzo spitting. You got Sauce, Sauce Money. You know, we know Sauce Money for his pen and basically, oh, yeah. you know, saving Bad Boy and Puff after Biggie passed away and everything like that. So, But you actually get him now on the early side, you know what I'm saying, him actually in the booth, which was dope. And, right. then, and then you close out the original version of the album with Regrets. And that's the that's the one right there. Like I can, in all honesty, say like for me, like the album back then stopped at Bring It On. Like, cause like I said, a lot of this stuff was over my head. I couldn't relate to it. But like mm -hmm. now, as an adult, listening to it again, like yo, he's spitting that real shit. Yeah. Yes. Regrets yeah. is one of those songs that I don't care. What you're doing in life, you know, whether it's hustling, whether it's, you know, working a nine to five or whatever the case may be, that song can speak to you. Yeah. Um, it didn't it didn't care who you were. It didn't care what you were going through, what you were dealing with, because it, it's, it's almost like a universal song. Like everyone has to deal with certain things. And it was just like, damn, man, how you know, rap usually rap song, hip hop songs usually speak to a certain portion of society. Yeah. You know, your hustlers, your, your, your pimps, for example, your, your conscious people, uh, your everyday Joe Schmo, but it never really entailed or, or brings everybody, takes everybody into account. And this was one of those songs where it was like, damn. And it, and it I think it's a perfect song and it's perfectly, perfectly placed on the album because it's bringing everything to a close. Yeah. And it's one of those subjects and topics that is going to make you sit there and think about it. Mm -hmm. And Jay has the ability to do that with so, so many songs. And even more, the later he goes on in his career and goes on in life and other shit he drops, it speaks to so many people. Yeah. And this was, this was almost like the first, first one that I was like, shit, dude. Like, this dude is, he's from somewhere else. Yeah, he's able special. to do things that other people haven't done. Without a what doubt. Was that? Without a doubt. And 
just like on the bonus side, like they uh, give us Can I Live 2 with Bleak. Now, obviously, this wasn't on the initial release. I, I love that song. And I think, mm -hmm. and this is one of the rare times that Jay-Z is out rapped. Yes. I'm going to say it like that. Bleak yeah. murders that song. Yes. And I yes. wish that was on a Bleak album instead of them putting it as yes. a bonus on this one. Like, yes. go back, listen. Bleak's verse is flawless. Yes. He, he comes with it. He comes with it. Um, and speaking of Jay being on songs and out, out rapped or out spit, to go back a little bit, because we really didn't touch on it, but Brooklyn's Finest. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. So when I saw Big was on there, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Even you know how I'm big it down. Because <laughs> if Big, if, I'm going to tell you, there's a couple people that if they guest appear on your shit, they're doing a feature, you're getting outshined. Method Man is one. Yes. Big is another. Yeah. If Big on your shit, hey, you might want to listen to his, his shit first and then you go <laughs> ahead and do what you do. But on Brooklyn's Finest, I was worried about Hope before I li listened to it. <laughs> and then I was like, hold on. And, and speaking of that, I initially didn't really care for Brooklyn's Finest, right? Hear me out. Hear me out. Because the beat. So, again, I, I was big on Hove because the music behind it. This, this wasn't that melodic musical shit that I was expecting and wanting and loving from, from him. So, a lot of times I would just, not a lot of times, pretty much all the time, I would skip over. I didn't hate it, but I would skip over. I didn't learn to love that song until freshman year, Rice State. This is why. <laughs> Jimmy Mac. Is oh my guy, gosh. Right? So don't give him me, no credit. <laughs> me and him, me and me and him, like met, got kind of cool, but not super cool. So he he was like, "Hey, come by my room. Let's let's get on the sticks and play the game." I'm like, "All right, cool." So this is back when I used to watch him on uh, the college football. You know what that's like, kid, right? So <laughs> so I go over to his room and Hawthorne Hall go in his room and a lot of people wasn't playing hold at the time they weren't whole fans so he puts on music and he had these big ass like house speakers and this shit and this shit used to rock so he puts on hold i'm like oh shit i didn't say anything but i'm like oh shit somebody else like oh like jay so he's playing it <clears throat> and he gets and brooklyn Fi brooklyn's finest comes on and usually i'm like get this shit but i ain't say shit so we playing the game. I'm beating the brakes off him. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where I ain't even really got to pay attention. I can listen to the music. And I'm listening. And I'm like, oh, shit. And Jay says, uh, time to separate the pros from the cons. The platinum from the bronze. The butter soft shit from the leather on the bronze. An S1 diamond from an I-class dime. A Sean Don sipper from a rose, nigga, huh? huh? And Big Bro comes on. Crystal Crystal forever. <laughs> Play the crib when it's meek. The mafia keep cannons and they might be cannons, usually Quattro Cinco. The shell sinks low, tossing your mad slugs to your nautical. So I listen to it, I'm like, oh shit, they spitting. Now I'm storing it away in my head. And I'm also thinking, like, I can fuck with this dude because he likes Jay. <laughs> so I start listening to the song. And that portion right there, the song. 
if you pay attention, they do a trick where Jay, when Jay spits, he goes, he talks about coats, uh, clothes, coats, and liquor. Big picks it up. Liquor, clothes, uh, coats, and clothes. Like, he he goes. It's almost like, bill, 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 boom, 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 you know? And I'm like, oh, shit. And that's when I was like, Jay wasn't out-wrapped on this. He held his own. Held his own. He held his own. Held his own. And I'm like, I can fuck with this. Yeah. You know, so it was, it was it, man, it was one of them things where I'm like, he he's more than a rapper. Yeah. There's something else up here that makes him deliver things the way he delivers them and makes you as a listener be able to receive it, be able to receive what he's saying. And that's why I've always felt like when people be like, no, nah, I don't like Jay, I don't like Cole. I always felt like they wasn't smart. Like those people aren't smart people because they want their music so dumbed down. They don't want to have to think. Yeah. They don't want to have to learn. And so I never could understand when people be like, I don't like him. And then you'd be like, why? Man, I don't be trying to hear that shit he's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> that's because he ain't no hippity hoppity bippity boppity. You know, he's not doing that shit. Yeah. But as far as holding his own, yeah, there's only Bleak did his thing on that. To go back to what you're saying, Bleak did. Bleak shined on that. Yeah, he he came with it. I wonder when that song was recorded, because I don't, yeah. I just don't see that song being recorded at that time. Like, right? Because you can you can tell in the youthness. And I don't even know if that's a word, but how young Bleak's voice yeah. sounded on Coming of Age, and like how grown and mature his voice sounded on Can I Live Too. So I yeah. I wonder when those were recorded. But we yeah. can't can't uh, do a full Reasonable Doubt review without showing love to Clark Kent, who made the yes. beats Brooklyn's Finest and a lot of production on yes. Reasonable Doubt. Uh, I was watching an interview with him before, and uh, you know he said he came up with the hook for uh, Brooklyn's Finest because uh, wow. when once uh, the and Big and Jay didn't record at the same time. They basically wouldn't record the song at the same time because they didn't want the other one getting a one-up on them. Yeah. So, like, he's, like, kind of, like, spliced this song together to their satisfaction, and, like, they both was, like, told, well, Jay told him, like, ah, I'm, I'm done for the day. It's like, well, Man. we need a hook. He's like, I ain't got one. You come up with one. <laughs> so he came up with that hook that you get on Brooklyn's Finest. Obviously, Irv Gotti got some production on there, and yeah. Primo, and Ski Beats, who ski. did that presence. Hey, Ski? Hey. Ski. Um, I, again, I love Ski for what he did on Dead Presidents. Man, that that shit, man, is, is, is my favorite hip-hop song of all time. I can see it, why. The beat, the lyrics, the bar, just everything, dude, and that's enough. Like I knew I loved my wife when she memorized <laughs> the first verse of "Dead President." I mean, now she probably have a choice. I played it so much, but Ski deserves a lot of love for for his work on that album, man. Um, he's not my favorite hip hop producer of all time, but he's he's produced my favorite hip hop song of all time. And man, it, ain't nothing like it, kid. Man. Yeah, man. Not, uh, another uh, fun fact: the original title was supposed to be called "Heir to the Throne," 
Yes. Man, yes. Yeah, I just found that out doing a little quick little uh, Google search. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the last two questions I got for you, man, obviously one is going to be a yes. Does this album stand the test of time? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Yes. Obviously. Greatest obviously. hip-hop album of all time. And you know what, Kel? A lot of hip-hop albums don't age well. Right. And some do, some don't. This one? Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, I'll give you a sneak preview. Uh, me and me and AP, yo, we gonna we gonna rewind that Mace Harlem world, cause he swear up and down. He swear up and down that shit still bangs. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm telling you, I can feel myself back at the union right now, nigga. <laughs> like, nigga, I think. I think I'm eating fucking double cheeseburgers from Wendy's and going to the Union, nigga. Like when I think of that shit. So I'm a. He wants to do the album. We gonna do the album. We gonna, we gonna rewind that shit. I'm gonna listen to it, and we gonna do that. But the question is, bro, is this Jay Z's best album? <sighs> Pressure cooker. Pressure cooker. Mm. You got a lot now. I mean, when people say Jay Z. They say Blueprint. They say Black Album. Some people say Volume 3. A lot of people say it's reasonable, reasonable Doubt. It's Reasonable Doubt. I mean, Blueprint, I, I think a lot of people love Some Blueprint. Some people say American Gangster, too. Um, now, and, and I think they're one and the same. And the reason I say that a lot of people love reasonable. I mean, I'm sorry. A lot of people love Blueprint, and I love Blueprint. But I think people love Blueprint for the production more than they do Hold. I love Hold, like Nick. Love Hold. <laughs> Sean Corey is the goat. But the star of the Blueprint is the production. Yeah, it is the production. I mean, just Kanye. Um, M has production credit for Renegade. You know, so uh, I think Tim has a production credit on there. But the, it's almost like that's the star of the album. Yeah. Um, even with, with American Gangster, if you listen to the, the production on there, shit's amazing. The soul samples, the large instruments, beautiful. Um, not to say that Jay doesn't shine, don't get me wrong. But if we're talking about Everything being perfect, who's the star of the show? Reasonable doubt, Jay-Z's bars are the star of the show. And they they will stand the test of time forever. It's the perfect marriage, perfect beats, perfect bars. And it's his introduction to the world. You know, for me, I, I struggle with it. I struggle with this because I'm a huge Black Album fan. Mm-hmm. But yes. you know, I listen to that album to this day, but like I haven't done a deep dive into it. I, I know I will do one on the on the pod, but I do get put in a time and place when I listen to that mm-hmm. album. But when yes. I listen to Reasonable Doubt, I don't. Like yes. it's it's just like it's telling stories, and these stories don't matter what year it is because those stories are happening today. They're gonna yes. happen tomorrow. They happened in the seventies. Like it's the same shit, different day. So I think it is. I want to say it is. But that blueprint, 
yikes. This this <laughs> this black album, yikes. I I'ma say today, because I've been listening to it nonstop for a week straight, <laughs> it, it definitely is. But I, man, it's so, because so let me it's ask, gotta, let me ask it's you. gotta be because The Evils is my favorite song. It's gotta oh, okay. be. So let it's me gotta. ask you as far as, and this is how I, I always choose myself. I love, like, I love The Blueprint. My thing and how I, I decide is how many memorable bars have I memorized and can stick in my head from The Blueprint as opposed to reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what line on the blueprint just says like, oh shit, you know, like has me with that reaction. Right. With reasonable doubt, it's like, nigga, every song down there. Yeah. Where blueprint, I get so caught up in the beats. Um, and so I think that was like- It's a good fucking time. Blueprint yeah. is good fucking time. Like you know, if you yes. if you got a, if you got a situation happening at the house, you definitely throwing this on before you throw on reasonable doubt, without a doubt, because he got a lot of play down in Tampa when it was released. <laughs> <laughs> Hillsborough County. <laughs> so, it's, it's a damn good time. I'm just looking at the track list on here. Yeah, the monster. But it like was. you said, it like the production. I mean, shit. It's hard to outshine Jay, but like that that is the first thing that comes to mind when you think about the blueprint is the production. The production. Kanye, I mean, just you know, I I love Kanye's beats. He he's one of my favorite. And I feel like the blueprint was his, hey, watch my work, you know? And the same for just, you know, it introduced us to the soul, you know, yeah, the whole sped up soul sample um, type feel. And it was like, damn, I ain't never heard nothing like this, you know. And I think that's why I love the Heatmakers now. You know, Arsenal from Heatmakers, who's my favorite, my personal favorite uh, producer, because of the, the, the soul, the, the heavy instrumentation, you know. But that's what made me love Reasonable Doubt also. The sample, the heavy in- instrumentation, the, the, the melodic beat. So... To me, his greatest work is Reasonable Doubt. No question, no question. Tuesday, hey. June 25th, 1996. <laughs> That's when shit you dropped on them Tuesdays. <laughs> now they dropped on Friday. Yes. Uh, like, all right, let me go check my check my streams. Let me see what I got going on. What's, what do drop? That's, That's like That's you it. know, I, I talk about this a lot to uh to my homie A Dizzle, man, about how different music is consumed today. Like with the you got your Spotify's, you got your Apple Music's. You pay your hundred dollars for your subscription for the entire year, and you can listen to anything you want, anything you yeah. want. That's on there. But it takes a a fan of somebody to say, "All right, I'm going to blah 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 record store, and I'm gonna tangibly give you my money out of my pocket. I'm gonna give you this yes. twenty, and you are gonna give me that tape or CD, and that's mm-hmm. all I get. For it. That's the only thing I get. But I give you this yeah. hundred dollars." And I get the world. Yes. Yes. So, so like, I, I just, you can't equate people's numbers and their streams because I listen to shit that I would never buy on yeah. Apple Music because I, I might as well give it a shot, give it a listen, see what it's about. But Man, get tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Being you're like right. Support home. 
<laughs> right, so, right. Well, I could. They gave. I got that three months free, and then they wrote me in and gave me an extra. <laughs> you know how. To, you know how the man do. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta give. I gotta fuck with title. I'm gonna... There you go. But shoot, bro, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you jumping on this episode. It's going to drop on Wednesday. I'm going to send you the links and everything like that, man. One more time, Mike Wilson, Cincinnati's own 513. Let them know. Yes, sir. Mike Wilson with my boy Kev. My guy. Uh, Pleasure doing this with you, man. Wouldn't want to do it with nobody else, man. Appreciate you, bro. For sure, bro. Man, y'all be safe down there at H-Town. You do the same, brother. Peace.